I wish I could show you, when you are lonely or in darkness, the astonishing light of your own being. Hafiz. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Beyond the Mad podcast, hosted by Emmanuel Clauser and Jared Rowan. A space for you to transcend your yoga beyond your mat and into your life. everybody and happy thursday hey guys happy thursday Woo-hoo. Um, yeah. so, we're so happy to have you guys on another thursday we're getting somewhat deep ish today we're deep yeah <laughs> we're deep we're um, talking about like a little foreign well, not foreign, but like things that when I started my yoga journey were not even on my radar at all whatsoever until like much later in my studies or my research or my readings and stuff like that. So if you are like, wow, this is the first time that I hear about the koshas, then great. Right. And I think people do enjoy when we bring the concepts that are a little deeper into like real life. Like yeah. um, we've done some sutras in the past. So we, we like to tap into some of the t- yoga traditional dialogue because I think that's important. Um, so Emmanuel kind of led you in with a, a quote from Hafiz, which talks about the inner light, which kind of gave us inspiration for the koshas. Um, so I think it's poignant to start with like what the koshas are. Um, as Emmanuel and I were preparing for this, I did a, a recent module on the koshas. So I got to yes. really take a deep dive, um, into the koshas. Um, and I'm, I'm misplacing the book that I read to prepare for it. But so basically I think it's good to start with like, what are the koshas? So you're hearing this word for the first time. Koshas are really defined and Emmanuel can add anything as these sheaths or layers of the self. Um, and a good analogy to look at it, which I love, is a Russian nesting doll. So when you peel off one layer of the Russian nesting doll, there's another doll and so forth, all the way until you get to the fifth layer. Um, and the koshas, not to like spit some yoga, you know, nerdiness, but come from the Upanishads, which is uh, way back text. So if anybody's right. interested, that's where they come from. But it's basically saying that we have these five layers to reach our true, most unchanging self, which is uh, the bliss body. So you have a physical layer to work through. You have an energy layer, an emotional layer, a wisdom or intellect layer. And then finally, you have the bliss place. Um, Yeah. And I was just looking, you saw me like, cause we're on zoom and I was peeking at my phone, which I never do, but I think I'm going to put an image for the visual learner through like the show notes, because oftentimes, you know, the koshas are part of the energy body kind of idea of yoga. And oftentimes we see like the energy body depicted as the chakras and these are the center and they're like all colored, but also like the depiction of like the person, whether it's standing or seated has some layers around it of also colors. And these are the koshas. That's how they're like typically represented. So I'll put an image in the show notes too. And I just found one. That's why I was looking at my phone that I'll link on it. And so if you're like, Hmm, I need a little more then you can click on that and get a better understanding of it. Yeah. And that's awesome. I think that, that when you look at the reason that coaches are defined as such is like 
the quote unquote path to enlightenment, you know, it's like, how can I live more? If you work on just your physical layer, you're going to get somewhere, but you could get so much farther if you work on all five layers of yourself. So the idea is, yes, definitely work on the physical layer, which many of us do, but don't neglect the four other layers. If you want to evolve in life, if you want to level up, that's the benefit to being aware of these koshas is like, it's going to help you navigate and deal with internal stuff. Um, and just let live a lighter life, I think is, is the analogy I like to use. Like you don't have to carry such heavy things. If you work on, on all five layers, is there anything for practicality reasons you want to mention? Like about that? I feel like, was that yeah, clear? I think that's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we can, we can chat about like how maybe we work on the five layers. Um, but I mean, you all, do you have, this is a fun place where I put you on the spot. Like, you know, I didn't like last episode. Uh, yeah. Jared's like, wait, you doing this to me? I was like, you do this to me every time. <laughs> so she's going to start trying to maybe do it to me now. Um, can you say anything about what you, what the physical practice of a yoga class does to your koshas or what, what's the connection between the, the physical practice and the koshas? Yeah, for sure. So the physical body is very obvious to us. If I'm trying to stretch my hamstring and I fold forward, I feel that. And then I use the physical body in the concept or the container of a yoga class as a tool to kind of gauge my pattern and what's going on in the other layers of myself. And I think that's what asana is designed to do, the physical practice of yoga, but that sometimes we just get lost in the physical body. And so I always tell people like, you know, use the shapes, the, uh, the, the poses as a tool. Right. It's a tool to, to be inquisitive about what's going on a little deeper. Yeah, I love that. I think what you said, a really good point to highlight is yoga is the physical asana practice in a very well-tailored class that has all the essential quote-unquote components of a well-tailored class. Uh, it's designed to hit all five layers. Um, and that's why a good example may be if you've been in a class or if you are a yogi and you practice yoga, sometimes when people have an emotional experience, and that's probably that it could be related to their kosha layer. It could be that they've went into their third layer, which is their emotion and mental layer, because as you t get deeper and deeper, they're harder to connect with and harder yes. to through. Um, but that's why sometimes people have an emotional experience is because the physical practice obviously taps into the physical the breath practice taps into pranamaya kosha, because if we also overlay this, not to make it too nerdy, but on the eight limbs of yoga, yeah. um, the koshas work inward and then the eight limbs go up and you overlay them on top of each other. Mm -hmm. So the second layer pranayama is the tool you use to clean that layer or that sheath. Um, and then beyond the physical practice, you know, is, is the higher level limbs like focus, concentration, you know, um, withdrawal of the senses, meditation, that's tapping more into your emotional mental, which comes as you're practicing a physical practice. Like you're in, I feel in the zone in the beginning, I'm a little flighty, but the longer the class goes on with good instruction and good intention, I feel like I don't think about it a whole lot besides my practice for that 
and believe it or not, that's that's kind of the practice of doing nothing. If you've ever heard that, it it's, there's benefit to that. Um, it's you're just in the zone, you're focused. That's when I hit my like my third kosha, you know. Right. Is does that make sense? So I think mm-hmm. what you said, kind of, and then wisdom, God. If we ho- hope we can tap into that one um, during a class, probably very hard to because wisdom means that you've removed the emotion from it and you're making a decision based on on experience and insight, and your ego is detached in the wisdom sheath. Right. And I just want to make a, a note, right, for the people listening that are teaching yoga. You are not delivering wisdom. You know what I mean? What we mean by wisdom is not it's not like you're placing wisdom upon them because you know better. Your students are teaching themselves. Yes. That is just the truth. They're going to learn what they're ready to learn. And the best way for them to learn it is through themselves, regardless of what you say. So the job of the teacher is really to create the environment that nurtures the people in the room so that they feel comfortable enough going in to those deeper layers where there is insight and there is wisdom. And I've I feel lately, and maybe it's because of the sake of where I am in the world and in a very competitive market, um, it can get a little preachy, which I don't feel there's room for that. You know what I mean? Like you can invite reflection, right? You want to invite people to go deeper, to move past just the physical body, but ultimately the wisdom is already within them. And we're just trying to have the practice, help them uncover that rather than say, this is the wisdom that you need to know here it is, you know? And that's very similar therapy. People often tell me, Oh my God, Jared, thank you. And I'm like, I, you know, I didn't do anything. I mean, I did. I mean, people are paying me for this, but I say like, you, right. Like you did all the work though. I kind of have the flashlight. I use the analogy of like, you know, I kind of point the flashlight in a direction or I have like, like the doors from the seven, seven snow and so I'm like picking away at the places that I think, need, right. Like need yeah. to be open. But I think that people really, they fix themselves or they work on their issues themselves. 100%. Um, and I love that you said that because I think, and you and I've talked about this in, in previous podcasts, but like, you know, we're not yoga celebrities where mm-hmm. we're imparting wisdom. We're very much also working on ourselves. So we really want, I encourage teachers to really re, re, reframe how they're viewing maybe in, instruction in a class. Like you're giving some tools of insight that that person may or may not apply to their lives. And that's but, fine either way. Yes. Yes. Um, so I think that's a really, really good point to just bring up. Yeah. And I think so much to say nowadays. Uh, <laughs> as we're it on is a true. About it, but I mean, Right. You have the choice to turn it off. Yeah. You know what I mean? You do not have to listen to us and what we ramble about. But if you have students that come, for whatever reason, they come into class, they can't turn off your voice. So yeah. whatever you say should be very intentional and very considerate. Yeah, thoughtful. Um, yeah. But I think that kind of gives the layer of, okay, the koshas in a yoga class. Mm-hmm. And I think we can apply this to kind of quote unquote, your 
physical, mental, psychological, emotional health outside of a class. Right. So if we look at it as the Russian nesting dolls, or I love the idea of cleaning the lenses. Um, I think that's a really good metaphor. Um, think about it in your own life. And Emmanuel, you can maybe speak to this. How, how can people, or how do you think people can take care of each layer? How can they clean the lens of, let's say the physical layer? Well, that's the physical layer I always find is like the most obvious one. Mm -hmm. And I think we've become quite skilled or maybe not, maybe not all of us, but that there is a plethora of information. If you're interested in taking care of your physical body, there's more information than you need out there to figure it out. There's so much information that you might get a little confused. Right. There's information about movement, about nutrition, about rest, about stress. There's about breath, about all these things that you can do to take care of your container. Typically, that's the easiest way to get started because I feel like they bleed into one another. So when the container gets clean and was it the video that you sent me where she said you can't meditate in a burning house? Speaking of the burn, oh my God, that changed, that rocked me. Jared (laughs) sent me a link this week of um, one of his other teacher, Naveen. Am I allowed to put it in the show notes? Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. Rocked me. And just because sometimes I I like, not that I look, but I love to learn and I love to hear smart people like in their perspective and how they see things. And she's so sharp and like she delivers the material like no hesitation, like right on the dot. And she was referring to the body as a house and saying how like, well, of course, like if your house, your body is not in order, you're stressed and you're not eating well, and you're not taking care of your physical, you can't sit down and meditate. There's no way because you're house is quote unquote on fire. So of course you can't tap into anything a little deeper. And I love that. So I'll put that in the show notes. And what I'm getting at is like, when you start to feel better in your body, it becomes easier to tap into the next level. If you want to work on your emotional and mental, there's different ways, right? If you want to work on your energy, you can get energy work done. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Breath practices are one for sure. Energy work. Um, Acupuncture. I was going to say acupuncture, a massage, anything of the sort. Emotional, mental will go to therapy. (laughs) Journal, be outside in nature, like be, learn how to be with yourself, spend some time alone. Um, I I think another big thing for the emotional one is start to have dialogue with yourself when you're feeling an emotion rather than just feeling an emotion. Like I've been working with so many people this week that are coming to my mind right now and they're all, they're reactive people. So they're dealing with having these react, which means they're not polishing their, their mental layer. They're functioning from a place of like feeling and then they're angry. So they're saying the wrong thing, quote unquote, or they're yelling or they're, and I just assigned somebody today. I said, when you feel, I want you to say, close your eyes, squeeze your eyes shut and say, what's going on? Why am I feeling this way? Yeah. And label it like I'm feeling anger because, and try to feel in, fill in the blank. That's a good place to start because I think we don't do a very good job of educating people on emotional intelligence. No. Like thinking of school and it's like, why don't we have a class like 
personal psychology or like, you know what I mean? Like, how do you communicate? What are boundaries? What are emotions? Like, Imagine I, that. Something useful. <laughs> so I feel like people can start with their emotion and mental layer is, I think, doing some of that type of stuff. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, and focusing, because if we look at the eight limbs as you go up, you know, when you're reactive, you're in your senses. So, so we think of like pratyaharya, which is withdrawal of the senses. You want to not, you don't want to be so emotional before you, you have an experience. You want to so think of that same idea. You got to focus, you got to pull yourself in, have a dialogue and then move on. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think and I've had this conversation with a friend this week. And so that's why it's funny that it's coming back, mm-hmm. but I'm very much one to say, feel your feelings though. Oh my God. Feel them. That's the first step. you got to feel them, but you, then you got to do something with them. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you can't like not don't linger in them. Don't let them take over your life. But <laughs> I think a lot of time we try to bypass our feelings or we don't let ourselves fully embrace the depth of them. And I think that if we do, and then we withdraw, that's when we find the wisdom. Because if we bypass a feeling, if we feel a peak of anger coming and then, or a peak of sadness and, and a practice that's really kind of overdone in my eyes in the quote unquote, like spiritual community or like the wellness community is shoving gratitude everywhere. You know, it's like, oh, I feel a little sad, but I have all these things to be grateful. I saw a meme somewhere that was like, yes, you can think about like, if you think about like, let's say world hunger, you can have compassion for people that have less than you, but at the end of the day, you're still going to want to eat lunch. You know what I mean? And so you can, you can recognize and especially you and I were extremely privileged people. And I'm sure that the people that are listening have a certain amount of privilege as well, you know, just for the fact that you can have a podcast in your ear during your day. That's kind of astonishing, really, if you think about it. Um, but that doesn't mean that your feelings are not valid right. and because they're there to teach you and to take you into the next level. If you're willing to observe them and use them as a tool to travel into the next layer. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, feel them and then feel, then have a dialogue. And there's so many ways that you can, can work on them. And then like, you know, the bliss or the next layer, the wisdom layer is really through, I mean, if you overlay it on the eight limbs, it would be meditative absorption or meditation, which is Diana. And it's, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. Also therapy would be a wisdom kind of thing. It's like, after you have the emotional experience, I always tell people hindsight is a beautiful, bitter gift. Like it's like, okay, let's look at this in the past so that we can have hindsight and see what we learned from it. That's wisdom. Like something detaching your ego from it. Like if I think of the most obvious thing is like a breakup. Like I deal with so many people that go through loss of a relationship and everybody heal everyone moves through an experience at different time frames um but that is often one that once the emotion is removed and felt and healed the person has insight 
Like, okay, mm-hmm. maybe this person, maybe I learned from them. Maybe they weren't the person I thought they were. Maybe I needed them at that point in my life for what I needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I always think of that's all, like therapy is meditative as well. Like oh, therapy sure. is reflective and regulational for the emotion body. But then when it becomes like gathering of insights and piecing patterns together and navigating change, I think it's more the wisdom piece. Yeah, for sure. I guess to me, it's like, that's a route that, and I like that you brought therapy in there and that's what made me think of it. It's hard to go at it alone. You know, even if it's not a therapist, like I listen to a lot of Alan Watts. I've been saying lately, like, too bad he's dead. He's the only guy for me. Like, there's no one else. I call him my boyfriend. We wake up together. I have my coffee. It's me, Alan Watts. I'm just kind of going overboard. I'll probably get over it soon and then switch to something different. But it's helpful to hear other people's perspective. You know, therapy is the best way to do that because then you have someone that's bouncing your patterns and your experiences. Like they're very personal to you, but it could be a book. It could be listening to someone or, you know, so that it can shape your point of view because it's, I find that it's a little hard to go at it alone because you can talk yourself in and out of everything and anything. Oh my God, totally. It's hard to like, like you said, to gain wisdom in a biased circumstance. Mm-hmm. So like through yourself, uh, which is why relationships with other people are so beneficial, whatever they look like, because they show you what you don't already see and they point things out and they, you know, those type of things. So I think that's important to mention. I think the big question leading into is like the bliss layer, I think. And we really, I really wanted to make it a point that we got here is to really talk about bliss. And I even labeled it on like our, our little show notes. And I'm like, let's chat about the evasive bliss. Oh um, yeah. Let's talk about it. So we all want bliss, Emmanuel. Like, you know, how do we get it and how do we sustain it? <laughs> uh, it is all a matter of perspective. <laughs> Because ultimately there is nothing else than right here and right now. Right. And so it's the way that we tap into the present moment that makes a difference on whether or not we get to experience bliss. And then there's like the difference, right? If you, and I, I like the words that you chose, you have peace and joy. And I think that like, if you change like joy for happiness, right? It's Mm -hmm. kind of, there's a lot of synchronicities in this episode, which I I adore. But last night I was talking to my really dear friend, Ashley, and she was like, babe, there's a difference between happiness and peace. And oftentimes happiness, we're like, I'll be happy when, or like, it's an invitation to gather more. It it kind of, and it feels like you have to have something. Right. It feels like you have to have things, you know? And if you think about peace, it, it, it's kind of like contentment is like, I am okay with what is here. Yes. And joy, even moments of joy rather mm. than like sustaining joy. I think we all want to sustain it, but that isn't a human experience. I think. No, it's not. And to like, the only way to experience joy is to know that there's sorrow. You have to have sorrow if you want to feel joy. If you never felt sorrow, then you never felt through joy because you can only know black from white. We learn in opposites, you know? And so you need both. And if we kind of refer to the episode that we did on, um, why am I blinking? 
Is it mediation? Is it... No, it's not the mediation. It's uh, Thomas Rogers. Um, oh, the Gunas. The Gunas. Thank you so much. You can't you can't stay forever, right? In one, they yeah. all, they're cyclical. And so you have to, we chase, we want to be like at peace or we want to be in this place of contentment and we want to stay there. And it's like balance. Like we want our life to be in balance. But if you think about standing on one foot, you're going to stand on one foot for a little bit and then you're going to fall out of balance. You're going to try again. You're going to do it again and so on and so forth. And I think that one of my teachers even says, Abby, I don't think she said when we had her on, but it's almost like people are, are adverse to being uncomfortable nowadays. Mm-hmm. So it's like they want to sustain. I want to just be in this moment of bliss all the time. Well, we got to be uncomfortable. Like we're growing. Like things don't yeah. thrive and like, like they thrive in a condition, but things are go through cycles and like life is not linear, you know? Yeah. So. When was the last time that you felt like uh, a pretty good moment of bliss? Oh my God. Well, it's always, you know, Taylor Swift moments, but <laughs> Emmanuel and I were talking, I like got some merch, but lately I was telling Emmanuel, I've really been in like this good place. I've been having a home practice right now. I'm um, a Katona home practice and I feel really good doing it. I light a candle. So I would say that was the last time I felt bliss snuggling with my cats Mm. smelling them like you know i would say that is bliss um what do you think what's your moment of bliss i there's i think i've experienced different levels of it um and in the tiny like taste of it like a little like a little sip um going on the beach and walking outside early in the morning and like seeing, just looking at the ocean and reminding myself like, okay, like this is, this is so much bigger than me. You know what I mean? And like in this moment, I I almost like feel it wash over me like a wave. And I think the bigger moments of bliss that I've felt um, have been through my teaching experiences and teaching classes. You can call it different things. Like people call it like flow state or whatnot. Just feeling very connected with my purpose and having no doubt of like, okay, this is what I'm here to do. And ultimately when I'm able to be just a vessel for love, you know, and to love people regardless and to let them feel that is probably for me, like the, most blissful experiences that I've had. Yeah, that's beautiful. I think, and that, and that's really just reminding you, because as we're wrapping up the episode here, just reminding you working through these layers and you do them through these layers. The idea is to get to those bliss moments or have these moments in life, maybe in your day, in your week, in your month, whatever Mm -hmm. it is, and know that they'll come back around and eventually so the the real definition of bliss is just to mention it it's really when everything vanishes and we're left with oneness that is true bliss so that's what emmanuel is referring to and she says there's sorrow and joy actually bliss is both of them and realizing that they exist in union together and realizing that when you have a moment of darkness the light will come back around and when you have the light enjoy it because the dark will come around like you know it's 
ominous, but it's like... No, but I think the more you kind of relax into that path, mm-hmm. you can let yourself go through it instead of being like, okay, is this light? Is it full light? Am I shaded a little bit? Am I going into darkness? How much longer do I have? Is this darkness? How much longer right. is it going to last? You know what I mean? Like, is it, is, am I going to have to go deeper into it? Mm-hmm. And then just trust, you know, that the things that are happening, like you get to a place where you trust that it's all happening for a reason and whatever it is, it's okay with you. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think that's a good place to end. Yeah, that sounds uh, good. You you work on those layers, you guys. I know, work on those layers. Let us know how it goes. And um, I think that's it. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's just like a, a little entry point on the koshas to pique your curiosity. And, you know, Jared and I were students and always learning from life and also always kind of like researching and reading books but by by no means are we expert on the topic and so we're just kind of sharing what it means for us and hopefully you get interested in some of it and you go do your own research and learn the things that fascinate you and keep your keep your brain excited yeah and i always say if something sticks let it stick if not throw it away and find something else try something else all right Bye, guys. Bye.